Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. Hey everyone and welcome to an all new episode of All About Sports the podcast. Now we're bringing to you another basketball special. Previously we discussed the NBA's most overrated players currently that we believe uh, have a higher stake or value than they actually deserve. And we also discussed the free agency which was a short-lived sort of free agency which is still ongoing mind you. And there are some big question marks on that. James Harden being the biggest everyone's expecting him to switch to Philly but today during that the season's just about to kick off and well the preseason games are done we're going to be discussing uh the NBA season which is again a shortened season it's only 72 games this time so we're going to be deep diving into that so i have rishab with me and i'm maza sure as hell it's going to be a fun discussion lots of questions lots of excitement uh preseason has been really exciting some of the games have been brilliant the quality of basketball is seemingly much higher because they've had less of a break uh coming in from the bubble and now uh yeah so pretty excited so let's jump into it just before that i wanted to give a shout out to our friends uh the a1 all stars that's uh an e racing team in formula 1 uh especially j cole they just have conducted a 24 hour f1 session with 21 races uh, in order to raise charity uh, money for the young people mental health cause so shout out to them they're doing some great stuff they've already raised over a thousand pounds and uh, hoping to raise much more as a few more hours go into it it's still ongoing will be done by the end of tonight or tomorrow morning uh, so yeah now let's get into it so krishna uh firstly how excited are you that the nba season's back so soon every no one expected it to be kicking off in december itself but well here we are and uh, what are you most looking forward to no dude i yeah i didn't see this coming either i i thought a bunch of players would put their foot down and say like listen we can't get ready by december but i'm so excited that we have the nba season coming um soon um i missed like there hasn't really been a summer this year for sports which has been nice like we've had sports pretty much through the year other than the big gap um because of the coronavirus um, but i think the thing i'm most excited for mars is something that you spoke about earlier a 72 game season i i think a lot of us probably feel like an 80 like the the the, the entire season of like 82 games goes on forever um so i'm actually excited that it's a little bit shortened because i'm always excited at the beginning there's a little bit of excitement around all star and then basically going into playoffs 
So I think now with a little shorter season, each game means a bit more. Each game is a bit more exciting. So I think I'm looking forward to that actually. Yeah, and the other good thing that you mentioned about the 82 game season is you're so right that those last 10 games generally feel like a stretch. It's only sometimes in the Western Conference where maybe three, four teams are slogging it out for let's say seeding seven and eight. But otherwise, it's pretty much done and dusted, and then it's just about managing players' time so that they don't get injured and stuff. So. Um, and this yeah, year, this year, think, this year, basically yeah. everyone can make the playoffs. With uh, going up to ten, they're going to be in this 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 playoff seeding game. Uh, basically, everyone's competing, which I'm excited. So I think people fewer teams will try and tank this year, which is also an, an exciting thing, man. It's actually going to be fun because of that. Yeah, which uh, actually brings me to thinking: How will they manage their minutes, right? Uh, now, again, fans will still not be allowed in the the stadiums yet so i think players will be able or will have that freedom to get more minutes of rest i think the nba will be a bit more relaxed in terms of that since there's no one paying for tickets so uh they don't have that claim saying that no people pay big bucks to watch the stars play so i think that's going to be very interesting to see uh another interesting question that i had for you krishnan uh of course firstly i just one question is uh do you see the lakers finishing as the first seed considering it's only a 72 game season or do you think that they aren't going to care so much about uh, notching up that first seed i don't think home court advantage will matter that much as well so do you see them trying to push for that first seed or do you just uh, seeing them securing a top let's say a top four spot and making sure that they are ready come playoffs time No, that's a that's a good point, Mars. Because like you mentioned, right, the Lakers and the Miami Heat had the shortest off seasons, really, right, the the least amount of time to rest up. And I mean, LeBron's made it no secret that he's not going to be coming in at full steam the first few games of the season. So I think the priority for them is like obviously at least at the beginning part of the season to just ramp up and stay fit. So I don't think at that point they're going to come in all guns blazing, have to be first within the first three weeks or anything like that. My honest thought is, by mid-season they'll be rolling, and they're honestly so good that they will be in the first or second seed. Is it a major priority for them? Probably not. I think the major priority is fitness for them. If they can keep LeBron and AD fit into the off-season, they could finish the eighth seed, and I'm betting on them, right? So I don't think that's a major priority for the Lakers. In honest opinion, in my honest opinion, the big priority is to keep <laughs> LBJ and AD happy. That is the main priority. <laughs> If they finish the eighth seed, then well, I think the Clippers might be in for one hell of a first round. And oh yeah, <laughs> they might not see the end of that. So yeah, which and I'm glad you brought up Miami, which brings me to my next question: Where do you see Denver and Miami finishing? Do you see them being as successful as they were last season, or do you see, or do you see this being just a one-off case because of the bubble? And uh, also, then let's talk about. the other team so let's dive into the hype brooklyn nets let's talk about obviously uh the washington wizards i know you're really excited about the wizards so krishna take over it's all yours yeah no no i i i i want to start off with the two with denver and miami because i feel like they were both teams that were slept on last year and i feel like denver's a team that's basically slept on every year like everyone is every year they finish like second or third in the west and like for at least the last couple of years and everyone's kind of surprised by it. Um, and I'm gonna sleep on them this year too. Uh, frankly, I, I, 
I it it still baffles me how good the Denver Nuggets are and how well they perform each year. And I and I am not betting on them finishing second or third um, in in the Western Conference this year. Um, and I, I just want to you know a quick reminder. I know everyone got really excited last season because they reached the they reached the NBA Finals. Let's not forget they went three one down to the Utah Jazz as well. Yes, they came back from three one against the Clippers, but they also went three one down to Utah in a really really tight series. Um, so I, I, they're they're a team that at their best they're awesome, but they're consistently not at their best. So I don't predict them being an NBA finalist. And let's not forget, like it seems like the Western Conference Finals, there is always a new team kind of coming in. We saw OKC playing the Warriors. We saw Houston playing the Warriors. They did. They had some consistency reaching, uh, you know, playing against the Warriors twice. But then uh, Portland reached the finals. Uh, this last year we saw Denver. So it seems like it's a bit of a crapshoot. Who is the second team that's going to reach the finals? I definitely don't predict Denver to be in the Western Conference uh, finals this year. And honestly, I'm not predicting them being uh, being like a top three team in the West either. Was what? What do you think? So Denver. Well, I think we called that in our last ep- in in two episodes back when we discussed the yeah. overrated players. Right? We spoke about how. Significant Jamal Murray was to the Denver uh, Nuggets' success in the bubble. Uh, again, he, if he performs at that level, he's going to be an all-star, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. But can yeah. he do that? Uh, everyone's. I, I wouldn't even want to say I doubt it. I just don't think he has that level of play on a over a seventy-two game season, even for that matter. Uh he was playing many more minutes in the bubble. Many more minutes than he was he would otherwise play. He's going to burn out in 25 games if he has to play 40 minutes a game going into the regular season. So, yeah. uh, And again, like you mentioned, Krishnan, uh, it was just one of those cases, their resilience and, well, at the end of the day, let's not forget how good Nikola Jokic was in in that uh, he really stood out for me yes he has no defensive side to his game but offensively he i think he's only i think he's just behind Giannis and ad in terms of scoring as a big man currently in the league so uh, that's how highly i rate him especially after his performance i was really amazed by his performance but i don't think it's enough because you need Jokic to play like that day in day out firstly the Western yep. Conference is way too yep. competitive. Way yep. too competitive. Steph is back, so the Warriors will never be pushovers. Regardless yep. <laughs> of how what type of a team they may be without play. Draymond will look... I think Draymond will now be somewhat motivated considering Steph is back. So we can see him take it up a notch. Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's going to be... Uh, many people... I know some people and I've heard of a few other people talk and they they feel that it's going to be hard for Denver to even probably make the playoffs uh, considering the way it is. I don't see that not happening. I see Denver making the playoffs. But again, it comes down to matchups. So, let's see. But, uh, I, yeah, finals are a far, far oh, dream now for Denver, to be honest. And that's the thing. I, I kind of, I trust Joker, but can the other team, the other players around him kind of get it going consistently? I, I don't so much, so much know. And I, and I think it, 
like the other team that you mentioned was Miami which another team that was slept on i actually am less optimistic about them this year as well and this might be one where you know when we spoke at the end of last season we were so excited about Miami right because we were really impressed by bam and obviously the, you know in the finals they didn't maybe have bam for a couple of games and that hurt them but Miami i don't think made the upgrades they potentially could have this summer they've not changed really this team is pretty much the same and they've lost jay crowder um so it's not the same team that you know it's 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 arguably a diminished team a little bit from last season and the east has gotten better you know with kd and kyrie fit with like you spoke about washington wizards being ready they're an exciting team was do you really think they're going to be a finalist this year i am not betting on them very honestly uh krishnan you're so right i think jake rowder is one of my favorite players mind you yeah. i just love watching him play i know he's gone to phoenix so that kind of sucks yeah uh because literally you don't want him to be in the packed western conference against you especially the lakers will play them four times so i don't know now with the 72 game season how it's going to work how that's going to turn out uh but the point is he he was a big player a big big player for them makes big shots he's got a very good stroke he spreads the floor he's not only a three point shooter he drives to the hoop he cuts in makes those good uh, attacking sort of offensive positionings that really spreads the floor so an all-round player on the offensive end and they've lost him which is a huge loss and they've not replaced him like you said i do though think bam has not even reached one third of his ceiling that's fair so okay. uh the sky is the limit for bam so we don't know how good he can get and how quickly i was actually pretty happy with his performance in the playoffs i think the injury cost him but again krishnan can dragic play at the level he was because i think dragic was probably had the best season in his career last season with the heat so uh yeah i, I don't see them we but again yeah I, i don't want to bet against jimmy butler i just i, I if there's someone who can single handedly carry a team through it it is jimmy butler and miami's a very strong defensive team still uh, let's not forget that and i i i still stand by that defense wins you championships can brooklyn defend they're going to be a high octane offensive team they're going to lack everything on the defensive end so i think in a playoff series it could be very different uh, it could be a toss of a coin but milwaukee man milwaukee yanis is not going to let go twice i i don't i don't think so No, I I think so too, and and we'll talk about uh you know talking about Milwaukee and then talking about uh, talking about Brooklyn, dude. How excited are you to see KD and Kyrie, dude? Even just the even just the like preseason games of watching them together, I forgot how fun it is to watch these two because we didn't see them basically all of last season. I mean, Kyrie we saw like at the start and then you know for a few games in the middle, but Kyrie he just has the ball on a. string dude it is so fun to watch him tie up with kd it's looking so good what is the ceiling in your opinion for this team it's hard to tell it's a new coach um it's two superstars coming in who uh, there are they are temperamental 
uh what do you, i don't know Which what is yeah <laughs> yeah so krishna that actually brings me to a question that one of our viewers had shared huh. and they mentioned uh, do we see brooklyn being a seven second offense team uh, basically suggesting whether will they follow the diantoni system of quick attack quick offense get a three point shot up score get back score get back do you see that happening or do you not see that happening firstly uh according to me i don't see that happening because i think kyrie is just a different sort of player i think the, the amount of time he spends on the ball uh just pretty much eliminates all of that he's not going to pass the ball to anyone he's only pretty much going to pass the ball to kd yeah <laughs> only pass it if that person's absolutely open or if he has no chance of driving that's the system that kyrie will play so i i don't see them following that uh but i know you were really excited about brooklyn uh, i i'm see i i've always i think kd is the best player in the league after lebron james so it's good to have him back obviously he looked very strong in preseason another thing i love about kd is he's very good on the defensive end um so i think in terms of that uh, y- yes i am excited but I-, i i again i don't follow the eastern conference as much so i'm going to leave that to you so what's your take on brooklyn no that's that's a good point mas i mean do i see that you, you make a good point i don't see them being as quick as like you know mike d'antoni's houston or frankly mike d'antoni's you know phoenix of the 2000s i can't imagine them being, being that quick because like you said kyrie and kd are ball holders right they are guys who they hold the ball they dribble and i think that system typically works if you have um you 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 have one dude who can basically run it and then everyone kind of runs around them which worked well with james harden now the argument is probably like well you know with houston mike d'antoni also had russell westbrook russell westbrook is the fastest player in the nba <laughs> russell westbrook is the fastest like if you need to break there is no quicker player in the nba to do it Kyrie and KD are not slow but they're just not at the same pace like a Russell Westbrook right and other than that you know they, they they aren't guys who are like it's one person and you just go right it's typically like they will probably alternate offenses they will probably alternate responsibilities and you know especially if DeAndre Jordan plays the five um DeAndre Jordan I think in the Clippers you know in his Clippers days could have been a quick five who's running up and down the court I don't think he's that five. I'm hoping they give more minutes to Jared Allen, um, but maybe because with his relationship with KD and Kyrie, they play more. So I, you know, overall answer being, do I see them being as quick? Um, no, not as the as you know, Mike and Tony's like famous Houston team and more famous Phoenix team. No, um, but do I still? You know, where do I? Um, even with their system, I still see. Like you said, Maz, I am excited for them. I think they are a number one or number two seed. in the east because when you watch like you said mas kd when he's playing offensively is just you can't stop him he's too big he's too tall and when he has this shot where he's shooting from like 10 9 feet above your head no one can stop it it's just unbelievable dude i i really think that a number one or number two seed in my opinion um and yeah they, they you know milwaukee miami boston they were this was not a threat last year and there are serious threats this year and they'll be a fun team this year they'll be fun to watch 
I just wonder what happened to Joe Harris. Uh, yeah. In terms of like his scoring, uh, will will that hamper his performance and his play? Will be very interesting because literally he was like the central point for them with Kyrie also being out. He was the main scorer. Yeah. And suddenly to not have anything, uh, and to become like the third guy. And the third guy who no one even mentions, right? Yeah. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens to him. Which now brings me to another Eastern Conference team, uh, Washington Wizards. Now, Russell Westbrook and the John Wall swap. Uh, so what's your take on Washington going forward? I, 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 know, I know many people have discounted them. They don't see them making the playoffs, which is was took me by a bit of surprise because I think if one thing Russ is good at is is thriving in teams which lack stars or lacks the bigger names because then he carries that team. And there are some players who are just better when they're alone. And I feel Westbrook is one of those. So yeah, what's your take on that? No, that, 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 I, I, that, they're another team I'm excited for. I, you know, these are probably back-to-back two of the teams I'm most excited for because they're just different from last year. They're teams that look very different than what they did last year. And like you said, Russ is an upgrade from John Wall only in the sense that John Wall just hasn't played. He's just not played for two years. And Russ is a... I don't think this makes them a title contender. I don't think this makes them a number one or two or three in, in the West. But I really do think it makes them a Western Conference team. Oh, uh, uh, sorry. A, a, uh, you, a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Russ yeah. is so good, he's going to take them to the Western <laughs> Conference. No, I, no, I think I think it will be a playoff. Bradley Beal would enjoy that though. Bradley Beal would definitely he, enjoy he that. He probably would. Yeah. No, I, I do see them being a playoff team. And more than anything, dude, it'll just be fun for them to have a fit, a fit point guard with Bradley Beal. Like, Bradley Beal has just been wasted in Washington. And... Maybe through no fault of their own, right? I mean, they didn't really expect this John Wall. Well, actually, when they signed him to that mass contract, they did know he'd be a serious injury. So, I guess they did kind of know he'd be out for at least a couple of seasons. Um, but, you know, Bradley Beal, I'm just excited to finally see Bradley Beal on a team that's competing for the playoffs again. He is so good. The dude was averaging, I think, 30 points a game last season. He's balling out and now he has a guy who, you know, touch wood, Russ Westbrook is a guy who's pretty durable typically. I know he got injured a bit last year with Houston prior to the playoffs, but Typically a pretty durable guy. Definitely brings a level of intensity that they, they as well said, you know, the moment Russ walked in, there was a level of intensity. So, I think he's going to bring in that playoff standard. I think they are a playoff. They will be in the playoffs. How far in the playoffs they make it, I'm not too sure. Um, but they're a playoff team and I'm excited to see it, dude. I'm just excited to see, like, Russell Westbrook going full pace. And he gets along with, he gets along with Brooks. They work together. Um, and we'll talk about this later, but I mean, they have a couple of interesting young guys they signed. Like, I mean, um, Bertans is an interesting piece they have. They've signed an interesting Yuki, uh, uh, interesting, interesting rookie. Um, I'm blanking on their rookie. Which actually brings me to my next question, Krishnan. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you mentioned uh, the rookie they brought in, Danny of the, uh, yes. uh, the Israeli guy from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, before we get into him, when the rookie name comes up, where everyone's only talking about one guy in the NBA draft for 2020, and it's not the first pick, it's not Anthony Edwards, it's LaMelo Ball. Uh, lots of reasons, of course, he's got the, the Charlotte Hornets, so MJ is there. Plus, we all know what Laval Ball said about the one-on-one against Michael Jordan. <laughs> 
but uh, uh, no, but Lamelo Ball is a, an overwhelming favorite for winning Rookie of the Year. I've watched his games. I love watching him play. Uh, everyone's praising him, even including his teammates. They've all said that he's always happy. He's fun to play with, and his ga- his IQ is is way way higher than that of a 19 year old. Is what they've all said. So, uh, f- firstly, do you think Lamelo Ball will be the guy who will win Rookie of the Year, or do you think there's someone else out there who potentially will? basically have a Kuzma type of season and come out of nowhere and be in the running for Rookie of the Year, right? So do you see that happening or do you think it's going to be like, of course, uh, apart from the bias that Lamelo already has in the race, do you see someone else suddenly coming out of the blue, just tearing it apart and really changing the league like how Ja Morant and uh, Luka Doncic have in these last few seasons? No, that, 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 I, I, so what I want to say is, I mean, overall, no one came into this draft super excited, I will say, right? I think no one's expecting maybe a superstar like a Jammer. And I mean, because let's think about it. Last season was a Zion Williamson coming into the draft. Um, the season before that was Luka Doncic. Um, I would argue the excitement was just, this was not considered to be one of the iconic draft classes, really speaking. It, it has good players, but probably not iconic players. Um, and I will say I fall into that trap as well that you mentioned where I think Lamelo is likely favorite for Rookie of the Year because I've watched the most highlights of Lamelo Ball. Like, I am looking out to see how this guy is doing. Here are a couple of concerns though I have with Lamelo Ball. And it relates to his other big baller brand brother, Lonzo. <laughs> you know, because I remember, I don't, you know, I typically haven't watched summer camp every year, but I remember the first season Lonzo Ball came in. I watched the summer camp and I, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, he won summer camp MVP. I remember watching him and I remember thinking, wow, this guy's really good. Similar stuff to what I saw from, same thing from Lamelo, really good passer and making just awesome passes. I mean, some of Lamelo's passes since he's been in the, I mean, the behind the back passes, you know, shooting it down the court and passing it to like guys way further, finding like cutters. He's, he's looking really good passing wise. But I saw the same stuff from Lonzo and somehow Lonzo hasn't converted to this dynamic offensive player I somehow thought it would be. Here's what's different about Lamelo. Lamelo looks a little more dynamic on the offensive end. He has a little, he seems to have a little more game. He's better at driving. He's got a little more confidence. It might be better almost that he's not in a big market. Obviously, he has the Michael Jordan pressure, but it might be better almost that he's not in a big market. He has a great, I think he has a great support system, a very supportive team right now, including Gordon Hayward, who I think is, you know, one of the better teammates for being a superstar. Oh, by the way, Krishnan, yeah. Gordon Hayward has a finger injury. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know how long he's out again. That is so true. So now 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 MJ is probably thinking, man, what did I just do? That's, that's been MJ yeah, the sorry, last I just all had years. Make... <laughs> He's been the owner of this team. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, but... No, no, sorry. I was drifting, but I thought that's very important to mention. That No, that's a really good point. And, and, and I feel like it would work both ways, right? It probably makes them a worse team for sure. But it probably ups Lamelo's usage a whole lot, right? He probably gets the ball even more. He seems to have a lot more game than his brother on the offensive end, what I will say. But I think he has a lot less defensive game. But... For rookie of the year, that doesn't matter. Defense, though, no one cares about. For, for yeah. rookie of the year, no one gives a shit. Um, it's all about the highlights, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the third thing is his shooting. 
So his shooting mechanics look, I'd say, definitely better than Lonzo when he came into the league. But there's still, it's not a perfect, there isn't a lot of jump to his shot. Like he's a little bit of a low rider almost when he's shooting. There's something off about it. It's not straight. Like it's a bit to the right as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of off. You're right. There's something wrong with the mechanics for um, Lamelo shot as well. It's not right? the traditional it's or not... the conventional shot. Yeah. It's not looking. It's not looking perfect. And I think you know, in you know, in the summer, in in the off season, guys tend to look better because defenses are less focused. Can he continue that kind of three-point shooting in the regular season? I'm not as sure. I'm, I'm a little less confident. So, those are my concerns. Who are the challengers? Buzz, you might have a better idea. I don't know what you think. Who do you think are the guys who could challenge him for it? He wasn't number one pick. So, there are at least two guys who people predicted to be better than him. So, see, Anthony Edwards, I have no hopes for him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because to come out and make a statement saying that, you know, uh, if I got into the NFL, I would have been become an NFL player. Saying clearly that the NBA is a business for him, it doesn't excite him as much. So, I'm sorry, he just gives off the wrong vibes and he, he he's going to really realize how, how much he's going to regret saying that once he actually starts playing in the regular goes up against the likes of, let's say, LeBron or not even LeBron for that matter. Let's say someone like a Towns or since he's a fine, since he's a shooting guard, then whoever, man, like he's gonna yeah. realize the level difference, and then he's gonna get a reality check. So maybe that might change something in him, and he it might actually bring out the things that he's capable of on the basketball court. Yeah. But I'm actually very excited about Isaac Okoro. He was drafted fifth by the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's a small forward, great preseason, and I'm not only saying that. Like you said, Krishna. Uh, the preseason is something that you can't really go by at all. But what I've seen about Isaac Okoro is he seems ready in terms of his confidence. And I think that's very important for a rookie. And that's the one thing that I like about Kyle Kuzma. The guy's confident. Uh, that's what's kept him at the Lakers. He may not be the most talented or most skillful for sure in his age bracket or even in his class. But the one thing is He's not afraid of the shiny lights. He, more often than not, in clutch situations, has stood up for the Lakers. He, uh, when, when the Lakers have needed scoring, when the big names have been out, he has performed. Not on a consistent basis, but at least for those big games or the moments when they've needed him, he's always stood up. I think Isaac Okoro is going to be that type of guy, but a better version as well. That's uh, so... And the Cavs need somebody. And the Cavs <laughs> really need somebody. Need somebody. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think Isaac Okoro is in the perfect team. It gives him a chance to show his worth. Uh, and there's a lot of things that fit in well for him to really stand out and give a good shout for Rookie of the Year. As for the other names, I think Danny Avdia is a great, great player. I think we've not seen anything. I wonder how Washington will play him in the system, how many minutes he gets. But again, will he get enough time to become a rookie of the year candidate is another question. We know Lamelo is going to have the most minutes. He's going to be a starter. So uh, I think that's the major difference. I think that's why Isaac Okoro has another advantage because I see him starting for the Cavs. So, uh, so I think for me, there's only one other name that I see challenging for Rookie of the Year at the moment. Uh, there are a few other names that you could mention, but I think 
that's something that we can only talk about maybe let's say before the all star break which is not there this time so um but basically yeah. let's say maybe 30 40 games in then we can really have a good go and be like you know okay these guys really stood out and they came from like whatever i even i'll be amazed but uh, yeah yeah i see it be otherwise it, i see it being a lamelo steam road really. no i i i feel that too i mean it, it is fun to watch him i, I got to give him that and i think was with that i think we're going to transition to a slightly so these are some of the questions that we had but we had um, a, a, a viewer rithvik who really nicely like really kindly like offered us some questions some questions that he had uh, that we wanted to get to mas i know we had at least a couple of them that were really really good uh, that definitely got us thinking so we figured it's a good this is a good uh, opportunity to talk about them <laughs> yeah so basically uh, the one question that really like caught me off guard and i was like wow I, even i didn't really think about that and it was basically so yanis signed his supermax the most expensive contract ever in the nba right um so what his question was is that what do small market teams need to do to retain or to make sure that they retain the players that they scout and uh, draft basically from the league so let's take examples right of players who are still there with their team so carl anthony towns being one of them of course Luka Doncic again has signed his max uh with the Mavericks but I wouldn't call the Mavericks a small market team by any means of course uh but yeah so basically uh of course Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton uh, sorry Ayton both of them with the Phoenix Suns right so right so that was his question so what do you think do small market teams need to do to make sure that they manage to retain talent like this So that was his question. You know, so firstly, that's a great question, uh, and you can no, see Krishan is already like kind of stumped. <laughs> no, no, and and I I really like it because this has been an issue that has plagued um you know that has plagued probably small franchises through the history of the NBA, right? Like the Indiana, the teams like Indiana, it, it is hard to attract star talent. You have to keep the guys who you draft. That is the problem. The one thing I will say is I actually think. this has been the best time in the, probably the history of the nba the best time for small market teams because players are starting to realize they want good management and a good example of that is the new york knicks have tried since they've lost forget since they lost camelo even before they lost camelo they've tried to get a second the second major name to their city and no one wants to join because they don't trust their management so the two things small market teams have to do one is you have to have good management that like they're not going to join they're not going to go to oklahoma and you had bad management no no players going to join and that's that's kind of understandable the second thing is you have to be willing to go into the luxury tax right that yanis's whole concern with resigning with milwaukee was listen i want to resign i'm happy to be in milwaukee i love being in milwaukee but you have to prove to me you're willing to spend the money you have to prove to me you're willing to bring in other people because i don't want to spend my whole career not winning a championship because you're not willing to spend So number two thing is you have to be, you have to be in the money. Number three is there is a little bit of you know um, looking to go out and experiment and bring in new people, right? I mean, let's let's take a market. You know, you have to be willing to convince your guys that we can bring something to you in the future. I think Golden State's a good example, right? Golden State is not historically a big market franchise. Oakland is not. California might be a great place to live, but Oakland was not a big market franchise and 
Steph Curry, I pretty sure when he wanted to, when he joined was looking you know was thinking of getting to the Knicks. Um, and even like I think a few years into his into his term with Golden State, he wanted to leave. Um, the bar is is higher, sadly, for small market teams. But if you're willing to take a chance, if you're willing to push financially to bring in people that your player can get excited for, things can work well. The bar will always be higher, right? You know, it's easier. You know, Brooklyn, you know, is a good example of that, right? Kyrie and KD are probably more likely to go to Brooklyn than say a team up in Oklahoma or or like a Minnesota. Um, but you know, small market teams can make a difference if they have good management and you're willing to spend money. That's 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 what it comes down to. I I really think that's that's it. Yeah, I I think you pretty much covered everything. I don't think you left anything for me to add to that. Uh, and I genuinely think Indiana was a great name that you brought up because even though they have no stars, they've been so consistent making the playoffs regularly, getting that money boost. Sadly, no one attracted to Indiana. Um, and I think that's on Paul George for leaving, firstly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, had he stuck around, maybe they could have pulled in one more guy and they could have genuinely been a title, uh, at least an Eastern Conference champion contender if PG stuck around. But, well, obviously, that's well in the past. Which actually yeah. now brings me to the next question, Krishna. Yeah. Now, your predictions for the playoffs. Let's say, who do you think are those teams that many people aren't expecting to make the playoffs but will make the playoffs? And do you see any teams probably being an up, like being upset and being missing out on the playoffs this time? That that that's a that's that's a good question. You know, I I think um, I want to talk about the West because I feel like that could be the one which, which is, is always surprising. And I think what will make this season especially exciting is like we said, um, since the playoff bracket essentially goes down to the tenth seed, right? So um, you know, nine and ten will also be playing in a you know playoff game to make it to the playoffs. Planes, yeah, uh, the planes. Planes, sorry, playing yeah. game. There we go. <laughs> Uh, a play-in game to make it to the playoffs. So, you know, there is some excitement that that that, that garners automatically. Um, you know, I'm going to start on the neg- on a negative note and actually say a team that I think that's going to drop out. And I hate to say this because I really like them. In the West, I think Portland might not make it. Um, I think they were a team who last year... Um, you know, they, they scraped through in the end. You know, they, they had an awesome bubble. They really came in clutch. I love Dame Lillard. I really like Rob Covington on their team. But they're a team that I'm always so nervous about their consistency. And the West is just so unforgiving this year. They, they, I, I'd be surprised if they don't make the 10. I somehow don't trust them to make it through to the 8. I don't know what you think, Maz. This is one that I've like been taught about, and I hate saying it because I love it. Um, I'll be happy if they aren't in the playoffs, to be honest. Because, um, <laughs> firstly, no, for a lot of reasons, why I do agree with you is because Zach Collins is still not back. Uh, yeah. So I think that's so the obviously the Blazers are being patient with him and don't want to trade him away. Because we all know his potential. But I think they've really lost out. If, if Zach Collins does not come back and they don't find a good enough replacement at that center position or the 
I, I, not center necessarily, but like the big man position. Uh, I think they are going to suffer and it will be difficult for them to make the playoffs. Yes, they've added Covington. So, uh, uh, great addition, great addition. But is that enough? I, I don't know. Because let's not forget, I mentioned this earlier as well. Golden State is back. Whatever you may say, there's no way you can ever count out Steph Curry. Just on his own, man. He, he That's just the level he plays at. Kelly Oubre has also been added. So, uh, they're far from pushovers. Uh, they've had a decent preseason, I would say. In terms of at least understanding that, yeah, th- this team can work together. I'm not yep. saying they'll beat... I'm not, I- I'm not even saying that they'll beat the Suns necessarily. Because Chris Paul probably just... I, I-, I actually think Phoenix look really good. Which, so I think Phoenix, yeah. I, I, I definitely think Phoenix will make the playoffs this time. And yeah, I got to agree, Krishna. And I think Portland will miss out. And if at all they do, then it's going to be Phoenix filling in for them. Uh, they look, they've looked solid in uh, the preseason. I must say, they, they already look better and more organized than they were in the bubble when they went on that eight-o run as well, right? So yeah. Yeah, it just speaks volumes about how much better they've become just because of the point guard, Gooey's favorite uh, term for Chris Paul. So point guard, man, he, yeah. he, it's he's made a huge difference. So I, 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 that, that's my whole thing. There's too much pressure for those eight spots in the West. <laughs> right? Yeah, I I definitely agree. Uh, I I am interested though to see if where Denver finishes. I, I think Utah will definitely secure a top four spot. Dallas as well, I think, will definitely be in the running for, a for again, these top four spots. Okay, first and second, I think, maybe a bit far-fetched. I think you were right. I think the two Los Angeles, the Los Angeles teams are way too strong. Uh, of course, the Clippers have become worse and the Lakers have become stronger. But... I still see, I, I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they, they both don't need to have a good game to win. It's just one of them that needs to have a good game to really win, at least in the regular season. So, uh, yeah, West is fun for sure. But, Krishnan, now the East is what I really want to talk about because we know that the West is going to be a roller coaster of a ride. But the East has strengthened so many teams. We already spoke about Miami, we spoke about. Uh, the Bucks. We spoke about, uh, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, the Wizards. Indiana's always in the talks for at least making the playoff spots. What? But what about the other slots? So, what do you see happening with that? Orlando's looking. I mean, Orlando's been becoming better and better. So, what's your take on that? Yeah, that, that's the yeah. The East is the one. Especially the bottom runs of the East, it gets a little confusing because they all kind of clump together. I for me, I predicted Orlando not making it next season at the start of the playoffs. You know, for last season, um, I I do admit Orlando's like on the upward trajectory, but they're just not quick enough, right? It's just not quick enough. They've not done anything exciting in the off season. Um, you know, I'm hoping I I'm really rooting for Markel Fultz, but his progression is slow. He could become better uh, in time. I think Nikola Vucevic is on his way down. Um, I don't see him like I don't see him being like the all star he was two seasons back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I I think there is easy dropout. 
who fills them in i think the easy slot in is definitely the wizards i mean we spoke about them a lot so i won't talk about them too much cuz i think they're an easy slot in the other team who we spoke about in our previous episode that i think could be challenging and i think can make the playoffs is atlanta they have to make a huge step up from last year last year they finished 14th in the east which is horrendous right like they they finished with 20 and 40 um well, their final results were like 20 and 20 and 47 that might be wrong Um, possible possible but oh, that is right most teams oh, right, like 67 or 68 games yeah yeah so 20 and 47 horrible season last year they'll take a huge step up this season so they're definitely going to be challenging i think for the playoffs this year i think they're really the challenger i mean there's really so little to talk about the rest right because you look at the bulls you look at the knicks you look at the cavs just isn't a lot happening like unless their rookies have ridiculously blow up seasons there's not much happening the only other potentially exciting team is charlotte again if if um lamelo goes off the east at the bottom is really a there is just a bit of a dearth of talent don't you think uh, that's what makes it fun right i'm actually looking yeah. forward to those uh, matchups because the one thing about the nba is on the day every game is good Uh, and that's what and that's what really makes it fun and now given that it's only 72 games you never know uh, i'm not saying that these teams will make the playoffs i i think atlanta's a sure shot i think atlanta will finish somewhere fourth or fifth seed um they've just added the right pieces according to me trey is going to get better uh so all in all i just think atlanta will have a really i think they can upset some teams there I know it's going to be a tough ask to manage to knock off obviously the Bucks, the Nets, and the Heat, especially and the Celtics. Yeah. You never rule out. So I, I know I'm I'm asking for a lot for the fourth and fifth, but you never know, man. It's a, like I said, right? What if Trey has another crazy season? What if he becomes like this Steph Curry version of a player, right? Would you you never know? And again, it's the Eastern Conference, so. they play le- they play more of the worst teams than the better teams so that's, that's why true. i see that they can easily slot into they can sneak through into that fourth spot maybe is what i'm trying to say and another team we spoke about a little bit right the pacers they probably outperform what i expected last season finishing fourth in the east right i mean you know philly have gotten better as well they finished fifth um they finished fifth if i'm not mistaken no they finished sixth no they finished um, sixth yeah So I mean, I expect you know Indiana is also a potential dropout, right? I thought they were outperforming, and I think some part of it was because of how good Nate McMillan was. But now there is no Nate McMillan as the coach. They're going to be, um, they're going to have a new coach now, which I think is Toronto's assistant coach now moved there. But you know, they could be a team that drop out because talent-wise, they they don't have a whole lot. They have a great system. They play well together. They're one of those like. all in teams that it's all about distribution everyone gets you know on the day any person can be the main scorer but if sabonis doesn't perform to the level he did last season and oladipo you know is still injury plagued or just doesn't return to his old form they could be a team that falls out as well i mean they finished fourth which i think seems very high for them to be honest i think i think krishnan we missed one team though and uh, and i agree even i discounted them toronto man uh I I I obviously don't see them becoming championship material as well but Nick Nurse great coach Siakam I think just 
I I I know he was one he was one of those overrated players for me on that list, uh, which you guys disagreed with, but I I definitely see them performing well again and making the playoffs. So it's going to be very tough for the other teams looking in. To so it's, there's a lot of teams fighting out. So then I think the play-ins will be very crucial here in on the East. I feel like it's going to be. Harder to decide who's going to make it from the east than the west this time, uh, is my take on it. Yeah, that, that, that's true because especially I feel ninth and tenth could be like nine, eighth, nine, ten could be really close because I think last year like none of us really um really you know thought much about um Orlando right we we didn't think there too much but it's, between Orlando from last season if you think between Orlando Wizards and Hornets. There's not a huge gap between them, right? They're, they're like talent-wise, probably pretty similar. The one team I want to quickly, quickly also bring up again, you know, kind of you know, feeding off the bottom. The Detroit Pistons. They're again like a weird team. They've got Blake Griffin, and then now they've gotten Grant. Any chance you think they could be a playoff team? They're the only team that I feel like at least has a superstar. But Blake is not Blake of 2014 or 2012 or 13. I. Like you said, Griffin's not the old Griffin, and uh, there's just there's no synergy in that in that team. There's there's no chemistry whatsoever. Uh, there's nothing there that excites me. I, I'm still getting more excited by other teams than Blake Griffin. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think Detroit could actually be the worst team in the league. <laughs> they could end up with the worst record. Okay, the Cavs maybe. <laughs> Could fight them for that slot. Yep. But yeah, I definitely don't see them winning. It's gonna to be tough, man. I, I don't know how many games they'll win. I know. So so I think so. This is I I totally admit I'm not too optimistic on them either. And they I think will be competing for the like some of the worst. And now like flipping the flipping the script a bit. So that, that that's probably talking about the bottom of the East is probably some of the worst teams in the NBA. Maybe the best team. So Buzz, what are your finals predictions? For this year, I think one conference is easier than another. But what are your finals predictions for next season? Okay, um, so I think it. So the Lakers, sure, sure. Uh, there's no way. I mean, they I'm won last year and they've just strengthened so much more this year. They've found the pieces fitting in. Taylor Horton Tucker looks. Really good to come off the bench already. I know it's preseason, so I don't want to buy too much into it. But he's silky smooth, man. He gets those and ones like there's no tomorrow. It's it's really good to watch. Uh, it's fun to watch him play. Let's not forget the Lakers didn't even have Caruso and KCP playing in their last uh, two games. So they've not even got their best defenders yet, and they won- went four and zero in preseason. Uh, Kuz uh, loves to play in these games. He's again. He he has the shooting knack with him. LeBron AD looked good in the few minutes that they played. AD was very efficient. Shot seventy five percent in uh, the first game against Phoenix. I don't remember his stats for uh, today's game. Uh, but yeah, Lakers are gonna hundred percent according to me. There's no match on the West, which basically means that there's pretty much no match on the East as well. Yeah. But but you never know with Brooklyn. You, you're so right. Uh, I still, I still wonder. I, I, I admit I am a bit biased towards the Bucks because of Giannis. 
so I'm gonna say the Bucks to make it through. But if that happens, I don't see them standing a chance. So in terms of a matchup, I would like to see uh, maybe Boston or maybe I, I wouldn't even say Brooklyn really matches up to the Lakers. Uh, so I don't know, man. From the yeah. East, it doesn't. So like I said, Krishna, I think from the East, maybe it's going to be Boston or Brooklyn. Uh but I will, even though I want the Bucks to make it. Uh, but if the Bucks make it, then it's going to be a boring NBA Finals. So, yeah, no, I was going to say I, 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 because I, I, I think it'd be fun to see like Kyrie and KD going up against LeBron, like Kyrie against LeBron in the final yeah, would, be, would but, be kind of cool to see. But um, I, I just think that there's no comparison, right? So you're going to compare KD and LeBron, and then if you're comparing yeah. Kyrie and AD. You know the stark difference there in terms of everything. And 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 let's face it, the Lakers bench is fierce. (laughs) You just look at their bench. In fact, their first five now, they're so much better than last year. You have Dennis Schroeder at point. You have Harrell slotting in now. You have KCP and 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 then you have LeBron and Davis. So just that's a complete five. That's a dream five currently in the league. Um, and then off the bench, you have some like absolutely important parts in Marc Gasol. Uh, Kuz is good off the bench. Caruso, man, he's 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 the X factor. I think Caruso is right now. Caruso's stock is so high, Krishnan. I think any team would pick up Caruso if he was available. Any team, he yep. could fit into literally any of the 30 teams in the league and make them much, much better. Um, so I just think that Horton Tucker is looking so good and they needed a point guard who can create his own shot and at the same time spread the floor. He does both of those. Um, so yes, I'm very excited for the Lakers. No, that, I just that, don't that, see how the, the East will match up, even Brooklyn for that matter. That's why I think Boston will, Krishnan, because Boston has a deep bench. And uh, yes, they lack a big man, uh, an elite big man, or not necessarily even needs to be elite, but someone who can challenge or at least give AD somewhat of a handful. I only see that being in Dallas, and that's if Porzingis is fit, though. So, no, and I so I will disagree slightly with you on your prediction for the East, where I actually think this year. Uh, which you'll probably be happy to hear. I actually think the Bucks will make it through. I, I I think this is the year they kind of break the shackles. Um, I'm hoping Bud like opens his eyes a little bit and kind of is willing to make more changes to his lineups and rotations in the playoffs. I think he will. He really needs to. They he really needs to adapt to the playoffs. I think he will a bit more this season. And I think a big difference is going to be Drew Holiday, right? I think that one of the bigger issues was. In the past two seasons, Eric Bledsoe just didn't do it for them in the playoffs. Right? Eric Bledsoe was not someone who came up big for them um, in the playoffs. And I think Drew Holiday is going to make a big difference on that front. Right? He has a little bit of experience in the playoffs. He's an elite. He's an elite defensive player as a point guard, and he can be a he can be a scorer. He can but be to be fair, Krishna, Eric Bledsoe yeah. had the season of his life defensively. At least he was surely good defensively. Yeah. But I hear yeah, I think the offensive he... game. I, yeah, but I, you're so right. There's no comparison. Yeah, I, I would. I screw Drew Holiday is the better player. 
Yeah. And the thing is, you know, he he became he was supposed to be like maybe third fiddle uh, to that Milwaukee team after you know obviously Chris Middleton being number two. I feel like he became a fourth fiddle offensively. Like someone like a Lopez started to become more important than him. Um, you know, even even like a Pat Connaughton started to suddenly you know have more important and valuable minutes offensively than he did. So. I, that's what I think. Jew Holiday kind of flips the switch for them, and maybe gives them a little more composure as well with his experience um, to hopefully take them to the next step. And I think what's nice about this is, well, it's a little bit contingent on injuries, obviously. Like you know, Giannis stinks at the entire time, and I mean, Giannis is all in on this Milwaukee team. I mean, we've learned a little bit that like um, guys who sign max contracts, it doesn't really mean much because they could just get traded the next season. We've seen that with like John Wall, Russell Westbrook. Looks like potentially James Harden, Chris Paul. Um, so they can get moved, but Giannis seems at least to be really committed to this Milwaukee franchise. He is getting better and better each year. Yeah. Um, I can't help but think this is the year they finally break through. They don't just finish number one seed, they make it through to the NBA Finals. And you're so right. Uh, I think it doesn't come down to their team or the roster. I think it comes down to management in their case. Yeah. The coaching staff. They played a very one-dimensional system and they've been highly criticized for it in both... I mean, it's happened twice now. So, I I hope it doesn't happen for a third time as well in the playoffs where they stick to their standard system and everyone knows how they are going to play because that's going to cost them. Uh, I don't want to bet on it because we've seen it twice now. And if you, and if you don't learn from your first season in the playoffs, then I'm sorry. Uh, I think you're too rigid in your mindset. Is what I feel. I know. I am scared of this happening again, though, to be honest. I am worried. I am hoping and I am betting on them, but it's <laughs> there is a little bit of fear of like deja vu happening again. <laughs> uh, which actually brings me to the final question, Krishnan. We've actually really overcooked our time on this one. Always yeah. happens when we're discussing the NBA, right? Um, yeah. And this was again a question that was put up by Ritwik uh, and uh, uh, again, now, and since we've spoken about Giannis so much and his Supermax, I think it's a great question. So, it's basically about who do you believe is the one player currently in the NBA that you see or you would like to build your future team around? Or, let's say, a championship team around? No, I mean for me, I know I, I've already gone on this huge this Yanis uh, this Yanis praise fest, but I, I I'm going to keep going on it. I, I think he is the guy. You know, I I would argue. I know this is a tough thing to say, and he doesn't have the playoff record so far. But in the regular season, he has proven to be the best player in the NBA in the last two seasons, and he's doing it all. He can play point forward. He's an incredible defensive player, both guarding the rim as well as going out and defending guys on the perimeter. And this, I mean, what he does when he drives is just ridiculous, right? I mean, when he's driving, it's just impossible. He's, he's like, when he's doing the Euro step, he's going from like one three-point line to the other three-point line, essentially. It's like a ridiculous. He's like a spider. Um, so he is the all-in package for me, right? He, You don't need, you just need to figure out like, any player that you can get around him, he can adjust to do something slightly different to focus on that aspect of his game that's the best. The one thing that he needs to work on, obviously, is his shooting, which he's aware of, right? If he can become like more of a like mid-range shooter, perimeter shooter, 
as the last piece. I mean, he has a like slightly like it, it's tricky. He has games when he shoots really well. He has this like very um, army, very very you know. Uh, he has a tall man three three point motion, right? It's a lot of arms <laughs> uh, in his shot. Um, but if he gets that, I mean, I mean, he's all in. I, I just don't know the Greek freak is everything you need. <laughs> so one thing, yeah, and you're so right, Krishnan. He's firstly. just always seems to get better so we really don't know what his limit is i'm surprised that you didn't mention ad though because uh nba champion already he is the most complete player in the league uh, after maybe lebron and kd according to me uh because obviously again elite defensively elite offensively so what more do you want in a player the one question is fitness with him luckily for the lakers last season he was fit for most of it and the playoffs he played every game so that was a huge relief for them uh but yeah yanis's durability is another plus point for him but for me i'm going to go a bit off off the path and say Luka Doncic is my guy who would I who I would like to build a team around and the only reason I say that is he's he's a veteran in a rookie's body and that's what is so scary about Luka Doncic I see him becoming an all-time player all-time great he's already uh, an all-star he's going to be a perennial all-star no doubt uh, his shooting is getting better we've seen that progressively as well in the playoffs he shot much better um i i think he's in the perfect team that can help him really establish superstardom uh, even if even if porzingis does not manage to stay fit and become that elite number 2 they can find another third piece or who that will become the second piece and then Porzingis moves as into the third piece role but i see him winning multiple rings down the line and be, just because again he he's he's a better version of chris paul in a lot of ways so and we've all seen how good paul uh, uh, chris paul can make a team i, I just think that that's the primary trait or characteristic i'm looking for in my franchise player so i would definitely say luka doncic is would be the guy i would like to build my team around no and i love that much because uh, you know one thing that i think he has over ad as well is he is the playmaker he starts he can make plays himself ad a little bit i think he's not learned to be deep playmaker so like you know his best seasons have been when he has a good playmaker when rondo was at the pelicans was one of his best pelicans obviously with lebron he's been phenomenal right so that's one thing that he doesn't have but luka is that guy and i want to say a quick thing and this is this is the awesome part about our nba has grown globally i mean it's a league that's probably 60% american maybe 60 maybe even 70 70% american two indians talking about the nba predicting the two future stars being a greek guy and a slovenian guy and it's just an awesome thing about how the nba has grown globally and it's awesome it's just it's it's great to see yeah man i didn't think about that and the nba the nba has done an incredible job in transcending the sport worldwide and yeah. 
looking forward to talking about some indian dude ones yeah maybe the day comes soon <laughs> krishan <laughs> it's time to get your basketball shoes on try out for the bulls I think so, man. They 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 said they're looking for someone who's five six. They said they like to keep guys. They need someone who's five six. So yeah, so they, yeah. I, it's been a while since an old boy kins, right? So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make it, man. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, always Krishnan, great fun talking to you about the NBA and basketball in general. Uh, we've really overcooked our time. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure the amount of fun we had. I'm sure everyone listening in would have also enjoyed this episode. So, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Uh, so this was all about the NBA, and we're looking forward to the season that kicks off on the 22nd. And uh, we've made our predictions. So we think it's going to be the Lakers to win the championship. but we also have a different take on who's going to make it from the east so please share your opinions on who you think is going to make the finals even if you think that the lakers are not going to repeat that would be a very interesting take so we definitely want to hear from you on that and thank you everyone and take care and we'll see you soon